Thank you all for tuning in to episode 14 of the AT Construction Podcast. It's quickly moving into 2020, and next week we'll be at the International Builders Show in Vegas. And as a prequel to that event, we wanted to bring on Martin Holsinger. So Martin, he specializes in SEO and company branding as well as website management. So we have a great discussion with him about branding and how to better your company's reach uh, through marketing. And hope to see some of you next week in Vegas. So stay tuned. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. Today, we are super excited to bring on Martin Holsinger. Welcome, Martin. Hey, thanks for having me. So we had to turn the microphones around for him a little bit, which is unusual. And for those of you that know Martin, um, Martin is the founder of Protractor Media and is also the host of Protractor Podcast. And so it's good to flip this around on and put it on you this time. Hey, it's great. I'm excited. Well, Martin, I, I want to jump into this because you've been instrumental, you know, in helping our brand. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But for our listeners, you know, that are looking at building a company, whether it be in construction or any market, help us understand or help them understand what is SEO. Yeah. Um, SEO, Brad, is it stands for search engine optimization. Um, back in the day when Google was pretty fresh on the scene, um, people started looking at the Internet as a means of generating leads and building their brand. Right. So a lot of the, the first the, those first few years. Um, they would do Google advertising and pay-per-click back then on Google was was extremely cheap. It, I mean, you could you could put an ad in front of your of you could put an ad for your product or your service in front of people who were searching for those keywords for dirt cheap. And then over the years, Google changed uh, their pricing structure. The competition became much more fierce. And they, um, it, it became harder to um, get ads cheaply, right, on Google. So the, the core feature or power of Google was their search engine. That's, that's their baby. That's what Google's good at is answering people's questions. So when people come to Google they are looking for an answer, whether it be to the problem they're facing or something that they're researching, you know, trying to learn more information about products, about um, stuff that's out there, you know, how the world works. But Google's good at answering people's questions and helping them. And so Google has been careful to preserve that integrity through the years. They want their users to stay on their platform, so they have to provide good answers. So, so what has- real quick, if, if I interrupt you there, so, you know, with SEO, you can pay third-party companies, though, to be drivers of that information, right, to Google. So how does Google maybe, to your point, protect the integrity, you know, so that there's not false information being promoted just because the people understand analytics and the SEO, how to promote that. Well, Google, yeah, I mean, anytime there's something good, there's con artists that come along and try to take advantage of it. And so there's what they call black hat SEO, which would be that side of things. 
Um, just to finish my story and then I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll jump yeah. right into that is um, businesses began to see that we don't have the budget for pay-per-click anymore. So let's figure out how to get on the first page of search results or close to the first page. That way, when people are searching for our keywords, we show up, even though we're not paying for ads. And that's what SEO is in a nutshell. So how, how to preserve the integrity of your search when there's con artists out there. Google has, that's why every quarter of every year, Google's rolling out some update to their algorithm. I mean, they, when you, um, on our website, we have a list of all the Google algorithm updates and it's a massive list. Like they call them penguin and they call, you know, all these different names that they name their algorithm updates. And the goal is to make their search engine smarter and better at weeding out inaccurate and false listings or search results. And so the key is, um, as a, as a business or a company is to use, you know, oper use procedures that, um, that Google would deem as appropriate and as, um, uh, that would appeal to people who are actually searching for that information rather than trying to spam them and get in front of them with false information. So, you know, with all that information, and I mean, for someone like you, that you're managing SEO content for companies, and we'll get into that later, you know, and with all these updates and algorithm changes, it seems cumbersome. I mean, how are you staying on top of that, whether it be research or, you know, just understanding all these changes that are coming out? Yeah, the key is um, staying on top of it, right, is research, finding out what, what, um, updates have came out and uh, doing some studies or internal tests and things like that. But, but, but Brad, the fundamentals don't change. The fundamentals uh, of search engines and, and Google's the boss, basically. I mean, I, I don't ever go to Yahoo or, or Bing uh, or Bing or, you know, any of the other really, I mean, I, maybe the only reason I do is to test to see how we're ranking on other search engines, but I don't ever search for information on those other search engines. So Google, it's basically, SEO basically means Google optimization now, right? <laughs> so anyway, the fundamental is um, creating content that actually helps people and that's accurate and becoming an authority in the space or in the, the region, um, you know, being authentic and having authority and having reputation. Those are all strong indicators to Google that this business or this piece of content is worthy of being close to the front of the search result. So, Martin, I guess from a company like myself, if we're looking at SEO, are we, what are drivers in that? I mean, from my understanding, it could have to do with um, website speed, how long it takes your website to load. It could have to do with 
WordPress, you know, certain keywords we're using that we want to rank. I mean, what are some different things that companies should be aware of or doing to help their Google ranking? Well, first of all, there are there are many like SEO specialists would agree that there's over 200 different uh, factors that Google use in determining rank. But <clears throat> like I said, man, there's just some basics. Um, yeah. So what are some of the basics not getting into each of the 200? Right, exactly. Super important. Well, the site title, your your website title it is what Google's going to look at first. What does this website say about themselves? Like, who are they? Um, for instance, um, like your, your company is AFT Construction, and um, construction is in that name, which is good, but if you don't have a title describing your services it's going to be really hard for google to know at an instant what you're about what your company's about so it's important in the title itself to add your services in a um, in a keyword form like say custom home builder in whatever city you're in you know you, whatever the the main thing is that you would like to be ranked for for people to see when they're searching try to include that in the title but of course you can't spam a title you can't add much more than what will show on the google search result it's a title right titles are meant to be short but yet very descriptive so um, that's one of the main things to do and then um, throughout the website especially you know, the home page but throughout the websites to be consistent in using that same keyword because um, that will just continue to tell Google what this company is all about. And um, back, like we were talking about wrong ways to do it and a wrong way to do SEO would be to spam a site. <laughs> like back in, like, a long time ago, they used to <clears throat> take keywords and put them in the sections of the website that no user could see so they were invisible to the user but you have a hundred keywords listed inside the website for google to index and it worked until google figured out they're just spamming the user and the you know we're ranking these sites for keywords that people aren't interested in and, and that's when a major algorithm update came out and you now need to write content in a way that is user friendly. It's in a way that actually helps people because it, like at the end of the day, you have to be able to help the user or they're not going to like Google anymore. Right. So, yeah, your your website should have good content that is easy to read, that helps the consumer and that includes those keywords and then i mean like i don't know brad if you're familiar with h1 tags and h2 tags basically those are html codes in a website that refer to header size mm -hmm. and it's good to mix it up with 
um, you know, have header one tags with that keyword in it somewhere and maybe some H2 like or, you know, and that different sizes. And then also in your photos, you can um, use alternate text and things. But you know what, Brad, like as we look at the future of SEO, Google has become extremely smart. Google is now ranking pictures not by any title or keyword in it, but simply what's in that photo itself. That's amazing. I mean, it's almost, but to your point, I mean, for all of us that spend time on social media, you're seeing that to some extent with Instagram, you're seeing it with, you know, LinkedIn where on Instagram, I don't know how they're tracking it, but you know, pictures that have high resolution that, you know, that they know are going to hit, like those seem to have high traffic, right? And they have, they go to the main search page and that's only by an image, you know, because some of those images don't have a ton of text underneath it. So somehow they're tracking that on Instagram, which is part of the Facebook model, but there has to be, to your point, I mean, Google has to be tracking that at some level. So what else outside of, um, you know, some of the website stuff we know about, what are some other things that, that we should know as business owners to be aware of with SEO? I mean, should we be blogging? Should we be um, incorporating other things to go on our website that can help drive that traffic? Yeah, for sure. Um, But again, when it comes to blogging, the purpose has to be the end user, not just traffic or rankings, because you want your user to come and read your post and stay on that page long enough to read the whole thing, because Google will We'll look at that, right? So when you're writing a blog post, I, I guess I would recommend doing one a month rather than four a month if you're able to produce a better quality post. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I, so, I think so a lot of is bringing value, right? There has to be some sort of value or reason for people to visit this exactly. to be educational. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, so if you have the time or a capability to have four posts a month that are educational, that there's a purpose behind it and not just spam, if you will, then, then go ahead and do it. It would be better. Absolutely. Right. It's like Instagram posting. I mean, the more you post, the more reach you'll get, but don't post dumb posts, right? Because sometimes less is more. And I've seen that. I've seen <laughs> there, there are some accounts and they post maybe once every four days, once a week and have tremendous traffic because their posts are so refined and, you know, targeted, if you will, and they're not putting out bad content, right? And so let me ask you, going back to the website, is is there, you know, when you're building that platform, is the one that you prefer? Do you prefer using WordPress? Do you prefer, prefer, you know, something like GoDaddy, Squarespace? You know, there's a lot of different options out there. What have you found the most success or most user-friendly for what you're doing? Yeah, we definitely use WordPress and recommend WordPress. And why is that? WordPress was developed for bloggers. So back in the beginning, WordPress was developed as a content system, like for publishing content. And so it's very, like Google loves that, that they have, their structure is built in a way that their content's easy to crawl and easy to index. But WordPress has become way more than that now with all the plugins available 
um, you can have any, I mean, some of the, like, I, I it's, uh, it's around 30%, I think, of the entire internet is built on WordPress. Um, you have some of the major players out there in the U.S. who have their entire system built on WordPress. So it, it's very powerful in what it can do, but the beginnings, the roots are in are, are built for content, which that's what Google's all about. So that's why I recommend it. I do want to say this, as far as Wix and Squarespace, I don't have a reason to discourage someone from using them. If, you know, if you're a, a, a company and you want to try Wix or Squarespace and you want to, you know, learn it, I say go for it. But for us and our company, from what we have, you know, used in the past and became familiar with, we definitely like WordPress the best. I do want to say I don't recommend GoDaddy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like GoDaddy. They we've had problems with them in the past, and so I would stay away from them. But as far as Wix and Squarespace, I've seen I've seen builders and companies, you know, have a nice looking website on those platforms, and I'm happy for them. But as for me and my house, I like uh, WordPress the best. So with that said, I mean, most of us who are hiring a firm you know, to build our website because, you know, that's out of our technical capability for most of us, right? And we're busy running our company. You know, the, I think where it gets left off is the website's created. There's a lot of dollars, you know, spent on building your website and landing page, but then there's no upkeep, right? There's no uh, monitoring monthly. There's no um, new content and other things. And so, Speak to us about where maybe that handoff is not connected because although it's built, it's you don't have anyone focusing on the continual SEO as well as just the managing, you know, you know keeping that going. Mm -hmm. so, 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 I mean, so what should a user, any company be looking at when doing that? Why should they have someone monitoring that website or working on it behind the scenes for them? Well, because it's easy once you have something built to think that it's out there just performing like it did on day one. It, it's, it's just doing great. I did that. I took care of my, checked you know, it off I, my list. I checked it off my list. I've wanted a website for years. I finally got it done. I bit the bullet. There it is. I don't want to think about it anymore, but you can't do that. Just like if you, let's say you have a pickup truck and man, you saved up and you bought it and you use that thing every day and it's your bread and butter you know, it gets you to work and, and back, but you never maintain it. You never change the oil. You never, you know, check the tire pressure. Um, eventually you're going to have some issues that could have been avoided. What if you had a mechanic on staff that was doing that all the time? Just that's what he liked to do, right? Is take care of your pickup and you're, you don't even have to worry about it. And if you want something done to it, ask him and it's done. You know, they take care of it right away. To me, that's that it's because it's unseen. You're not climbing in your website and driving to work every day. It's unseen. You, so it's easy to not think about it, but it's, it's vital. It's important because it's part of your business model. It's part of your company, right? Is the online aspect and your website is home base. That's, 
that's your front porch. That's where you invite people to come and have sweet tea together and talk about who you are and what their problem is and, and what their issue is and what their dreams are for their home, you know, and you talk to them and you engage with them on that front porch. That's your home. So social media is great. And it's, um, yeah, it's great. You're out there in the coffee shop meeting new people. You're at the the stadium watching the local football game, interacting with people. And that's how I view social media. You're out there in the marketplace. You're talking with meeting local people, but it's your front porch where you really have an intimate conversation and, and have, um, you know, you welcome people back to your home and that's what you you should view your website as is home. And then everything else out there is revolving around that. Well, what's interesting about that, I think you make a lot of sense there, Martin, because what I've seen is that social media is tremendous in the sense that it's easy to update. You know, it's a working resume. You you know, for me, I'm going to apply it to what I do as a builder is, you know, I can show processes. I can show, um, you know, beginning to end from a project and, and so forth. But one of the drawbacks of social media, as we know, is there's some accounts that don't post their own work, right? They're just posting inspirational stuff or amazing stuff. So it's not really, and it can be misleading to the consumer. And what I found that in all of our contracts with our clients, even though many of them do follow us on social media and maybe even have found us that way, they always go back to our website and say, we went back to your website. We did research on your website. We looked at some of the reviews you've posted. We looked at the albums, right, of work that you actually did in your portfolio. We looked at you know, some of the videos on there. So I am seeing that <clears throat> a website super important because all these companies that research me are going to that website and not just relying on what they're seeing on the surface level at the football game, as you will, of social media. I think it's important for us to remember, Brad, is we started talking about SEO and the difference I want you to think about in your mind the difference that takes place in your mind when you sit down and you look at Instagram. You have pictures coming up and you have people that you follow. And what's triggering in your mind as you're seeing that, right? There's a beautiful home. Oh, man, I like that. I like how they did that, that kitchen hood. When we do our kitchen, I want it to be like that. And you just keep scrolling. Now, the difference when you sit down and you have Google open and you're ready to type in a search. Mm -hmm. right there's a difference there the one the first you're it's almost like entertainment you're scrolling through the feed you're enjoying you know you might actually have a memory board or whatever that you're saving photos to or whatever for the future but google's a very determined search effort taking place it's it's a the goal is to find out uh, an answer to my question that's what google's for so it's so important that you have a website and that you have an online presence that centers around Google because you're going to have searchers find you that may have may not even be on Instagram or on Facebook. But when they do find you, that's what they were looking for. They were searching for that information. So it's very different. It's a very different mindset when looking at your website and Google as opposed to social media marketing? Well, I think that's super valuable because what happens is, although 
many of us have had leads and success through social media, you know, because you, you do get that user that's been phoning you for a year that's like, you know, committed to use your brand or product because they've been phoning you. However, a majority of the people, they're not going to Instagram and the search key saying custom builder in Scottsdale, Arizona, right? To your point, they're saying, I'm ready to build my house. Who am I going to hire that's there in Scottsdale? And they're going to Google and they're typing that in. And you need to be a player in that front page, right? Because they're going to be looking at, you know, those first few that come up. And then even more importantly, you know, speak to us about the rating side, because I know that whether it be Google Maps or Yelp or House or all these different softwares, um, you know, they're ranking and people are looking at those ratings. So have you seen any of those different softwares driving SEO analytics, whether it be Yelp or Google Maps? Well, first, of course, Google, because it's within their sphere. It's in their realm, right? So, man, Brad, first step for any local business is to develop their Google My Business uh, Google My panel. It's called and a knowledge panel. I do that because I, I've done that and talked to our users how to do that because most don't and they don't even have access to go on and control their working hours. They don't have their office location photos. So talk about that. Well, man, I could probably go on for quite a while here. I'll try to to knock it down. But um, you have your Google home page, right? Like let, for, uh, both desktop and mobile, but you have your Google search results. So if you type in AFT construction or, you know, Bob the Builder, dot com or whatever into google you're going to have first of all your paid results and then the maps and then under the maps the organic so the map section is a whole it's a whole uh department within google that's separate but it shows up on the search results so that separate part called local is just as important for a local business to maybe even more important it's it's where you should start and that's called the google my business and you log into that thing first of all you have to claim your listing and then you verify it through postcard that comes in the mail and then you need to change out all your information to match exactly the way your business is described like through your state or whatever like your business name the address the phone number your website photos, uh, operating hours, man, everything that Google asks you to do, do it and optimize it. Make sure that it is accurate. So and before then, you keep going, because yeah. I'm going to keep going here. So for anyone listening, what you need to do, and it's real simple, Martin laid it out. So you claim your business, you go on, you claim, and they'll allow you in Google Maps to go find your location, register it, claim it. You have to send some proof of ownership or a utility bill or certain things. And then you'll get a postcard from Google with that code. And then if you have a Gmail account, <clears throat> email, then now you can use that and you become the user. Now you can edit hours and all that information, as Martin said. So keep going, Martin. It's okay. I think you started by asking about reviews. And yeah. reviews are a part of that Google, um, that Google, like your Google page, I'll say. I'm not talking about a website that Google can make, but your Google page. If you Google your name, like your business name, what shows up right there is um, your your Google My Business. Usually if you're on a desktop, it's on the right hand side and that's your 
your basic business information. And then on the left-hand side are things that Google relates to your business. So your website, your like Yelp reviews, your um, house reviews, and other directories, you know, thing, uh, the, the highest, the highest and most authoritative results that Google can tie to your business name. That to me is the page that you should be working on optimizing. You have your website and that's, that's a part of it and it's, it's vital, but this Google page type your business name and what shows up, look at the whole thing as a whole. How can I make that better? Because what people are going to do if they've seen me on Instagram or they seen me on social media somewhere, they're going to Google my name and what shows up is, is I'm not going to say it's more important than your website, but it's as important because it's Google's version of who you are. So it's very important that it's accurate. And, and then now to get back to reviews, yes, Google pays attention to reviews because one of their ranking factors is authority or um, reputation, authority, reputation, and popularity. So the reputation part is reviews and, uh, you know, they're able to look at the different review sites that are out there, but Google is primary. And I would say if you don't have any reviews on any platform, start with Google and ask some of your best clients, hey, would you guys leave us a review on my Google uh, page? I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, I've seen that. You know, I have a friend, he's actually a chiropractor and he found great success. He, this was a couple of years ago, he started targeting Google, just Google reviews, Google Maps. You know, he, he although Yelp was important, house and some of these, or not house for him, but some of these other, um, uh, you know, applications that are out there, he went after Google Maps and he's had tremendous success because he saw that that was a main driver for him. You know, he's had a few hundred now, five-star reviews on Google, which is, been tremendous because anyone looking up for a chiropractor in that area, I mean, all of his competitors have three or four or five reviews and he has 500. So it's, you know, they won't even, you know, when they're searching chiropractor and that's coming up, they're going to him just for the sheer strength of numbers that he has. I'm going through that right now, Brad. I, I hate, I utterly despise car shopping. I, I can't stand it. I don't like, I don't like, so, um, there's I a reason found, if you're in sales that everyone refers to you as a used car salesman, right? Like they got that ping in the industry. That's just reality. So, yeah, I found this uh, car dealership through Facebook. It's three hours away and I Googled their business name and they had five star reviews on multiple different sites. And I'm like, I told my wife, man, that's, that's a good reputation. I think I can trust these guys. So <laughs> anyway, I mean, that's a three hour drive away from me, but I'm willing to go to that link just to find a good car dealer. And I don't know if I'll ever do business with them, but I, just to the point, you know, that it does matter. So to the best of your knowledge, when Google's ranking and you're working on SEO and, and that driver, we know that they heavily lean on the reviews through their site, to Google Maps. To your knowledge, are they using anything from Yelp or, you know, TripAdvisor or house or you know any of these other you know facebook where you can still do a ranking so i i can't answer that i i i don't know to how much link or ranking juice google actually applies to all the other 
review sites like Hal's. But but Brad, I wanna I want to say something, and I hope that it's heard. And that is that for a builder, you have you have Hal's right, and you have Google. Um, again, Google your name, and what shows up is what people are going to see when they Google your name. Some of these sites will show the five stars. Some of these um, directories will, like House, for instance, will show five stars if you have five-star reputation on House. That is so important. Whether it helps rank or not, That that is important to know, but just as important to me is when people see that, what do they it, see? It, it it triggers something just seeing the five stars. There's other review sites that won't show the five stars on Google. Yeah, well, so that's people, like, go it's ahead. very visual that way. Yeah, I like that. So so the point that anyone needs to take, it, no matter what business you're in, is go to Google and search your company name and see what comes up. And then make sure that the content and how it looks and what's being shown that you're focusing on those elements. Yeah. So what's interesting, you know, I had um, it, it'll release after this one, after our podcast. But I had an interview with a gentleman who owns a lot of Marriotts. He owns, you know, 15 Marriotts and he has other hotel brands that aren't Marriott. And he had talked about that for them, you know, the importance of rankings, too, because now Marriott's become such a global brand and they've bought all these hotels, you know, from Ritz and, you know, Aloft. I mean, all these things go down the line now. And he said, what's happening is people go on Marriott and even in Marriott, you know, most of them are franchisees. But as you go through that ranking, you know, it's similar to TripAdvisor where people are looking and they could have four and a half stars, 4.2, 3.8. And he said, if you're getting these 4.5 and up, you know, it's unanimous. Like we're seeing our business be triggered because of that. And so he's really big on pushing those reviews. And so I think how that relates to us in this conversation is a lot of times we spend the six months of pre-construction, we spend a year to build or longer, and then we're done and it's this rush and we try to get it uh, furnished. We try to get the clients in, the punch list done. If we're lucky, we'll get a photograph because of that whole whirlwind coming through so we can document and then we forget to ask for a review or recommendation. So in regards to branding, because you're so big on branding, Martin, what should companies be doing to better their brand? We were talking about SEO, and that is that that's a small, in my mind, that's a, a piece of the pie of branding, right? So in my mind, a brand is how people feel when they think about or use a certain company. So when you t start talking about feelings, that brings up a whole new um, conversation. <clears throat> How can we generate those feelings within people that they enjoy working with us and eventually start talking about us in the community? And that's when a brand takes off. So branding to me is way more than your logo. It's way more than a letterhead. It's way more than you know, truck wraps, um, it's way more than TV commercials. A brand is something that leads people to know, like, and trust and, and, and eventually do business with them because of who they are. 
So you touched on some things here and it just made me think a little bit. So when you think about brands and you said something a little bit different that I hadn't heard before, and I'm going to use this by the way, <laughs> and have to credit you, Martin, as you talked about branding has to do with how people feel, right? So whether it be the excitement, the security, the knowledge, the peace of mind that when they're hiring your company or purchasing your product, that they feel good or, or, you know, there's that brand there. So you think about it, you think about it in some of the companies out there, whether it be Rolex or Louis Vuitton or even Apple, you, when, when people are buying this, there's, there's a level of service there. There's a level of care. There's a level of packaging, you know, as they're seeing just the quality. And so your point, those, those are different than buying other products, right? Maybe another purse is different for a gal that's buying a Louis Vuitton because this is something they're going to service in. And, you know, there's a customer service to that whole experience, right? Is this what you're alluding to? It is. It, like, I'm, <clears throat> the industry I work in is construction. So let's, a lot of my audience are, you know, builders or, or carpenters. And if I would, if I would say these two brand names in rapid succession, what feelings come up in your mind when you think of Ryobi Festool? Right. Know? Yeah, well, it comes up in your mind. Like, how do you feel inside or um, um, Black and Decker and Makita? You know, those there's there's a difference in my in my own mind when I think about those two brands or um, Mercedes. And, I, you know, I don't really want to throw anybody under the bus when it comes to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of our lower end car manufacturers, but that is the point I'm trying to make. And that is, that is in part advertising and marketing. Yes, that's a part of that. But what's deeper than that, Brad? How do you get people to arrive at that level of feeling? Yeah, that's so, what so, I'm talking about. So how, how does a builder do that? I mean, it's, you know, we could sit here and talk about manufacturing, you know, and, and something more retail like a Rolex or a Louis Vuitton of how they got there. But as a builder, how are we creating a brand where people feel good about that process? Is there is it communication? Is it likability? Is it um, quality? Is it process? I mean, what are some of the things you've seen companies be successful? What are, what are they leveraging? All of those. But the underneath, the underlying reason is what I want to get to. And that is what, what drives that feeling? Yeah, we can communicate, but there's really good communicators out there that are, are shrewd, like, um, crooks, right? So it's not just communication. There's something deeper. And that's where it comes down to our values, who we are as people, like internally and what our worldview is, how we view the world and what our purpose is in it some of those those underlying values that we might not really even think about much but it makes up who we are how we think and how we tick that leads us into who we are who we become as companies or businesses and that is the root or the the foundation of a brand so i i encourage all businesses to to spend time processing this, thinking through who we are, you know, as a person and what our values are, because let's take the opposite side. 
what makes a homeowner angry? What makes a homeowner upset with their contractor? What makes them badmouth and talk about them in a bad light? It's this area of values. They didn't keep their word. They didn't show up on time. They didn't do what they promised to do. All those things come down to who a person is at a deeper level. And that is the foundation of branding. And eventually, it's going to work itself out to logo and SEO and all that eventually. And that message will be communicated through all the marketing that a company does. But we have to get down deeper to who we are as people and what we really stand for because that's the bedrock of what our brands are and and how we want our customer to feel when they're done. So there, there are things we can all do throughout the process, right, to either show that value, show our values, mm-hmm. you know, through um, repetition and through communication and through performance and all these little things. So for you, Martin, if you're looking at this, let's just say you're building your custom home and you're interviewing, you know, different builders. What what how do you determine that from that initial meeting, you know, or research outside of SEO that we've talked about? But, you know, how can because from your aspect of hiring someone, how can we as a builder showcase that in an initial meeting or pre-construction sidewalk? I know you weren't ready for this question, but you no, got to leave it up first, there. So I, I mean, curious. first of all, you have to live it. That's what I'm kind of driving at is being the person, first of all, being that. Like, you can't be authenticity and transparency. And that's, this, you know, that makes me think of social media and being yourself, not posting stock photos and like be real, you know, be who you are. Let people know what you stand for so that if they've researched you online when you show up on their porch they feel like they know you and they're like i already know this guy I like him and trust him but let's say they've never met you before and you show up on their front porch you you communicate the same way just just through through your um your persona you know the way you dress and the way you talk and the way you are respectful um wait to be invited to come in you know don't just walk past them through the front door and just little little courtesies and things that show respect go a long way because there's a gut feeling that these homeowners have and they're listening to their gut or they should be you know so there's that and then um if you've been in business for a while like for a new a new contractor it's harder because he's still trying to figure out what do i what am i good at how do i do this you know and there's a learning curve, but if you've been in, like, have you developed your process down to a package where you show up on the front porch and it's the same every time and you're able to deliver a, mm-hmm. you know, like a bow on top type package, like here's us, this is what you're going to get. They unwrap it and, they, and then their words are wow. That's what we want is we want a wow experience where they feel like they've been you know, white treated with white gloves this whole experience this whole time through action, through um, attitude, through respect and through integrity and all these underlying unseen or unspoken messages, but it comes through our packages. It comes through the way we actually do our work. So how can you package that 
you know, and think about that. Like, how can I craft an experience that's the same for each customer, even though each job is different, so that my processes are the same. And when I get done with the job, they're like, wow. And then I can take that wow and use it in social media and in my marketing. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, and we kind of found this out through trial and error. How to, this is stuff that I wish I would have known. You're often asked that, asked that when you start a business. But you, you pointed this. You said, what are things, whether you're a new company or a company that's been out for a long time, what are you doing for branding to set you apart? Like, what are your focuses and your package? And it made me think that, like, for us, you know, we've really noticed that one of the issues in construction was site cleanliness, right? And that was something that is not – it just doesn't happen. And it became a huge focal point about four years ago for our firm. And it's amazing, you know, just little things like, you know, so we're very strategic that, you know, not just strategic, but we're very tough on our trades. When they come up to the site, we set that expectation of cleaning up and keeping the job site clean because it's safer it's better quality. It's, you know, we're taking pride in our customer's investment. And we've seen how that's generated a ton of business for us because we have customers that watch that. So to your point, that package, you know, whether we want to present, and it doesn't matter if you're commercial, a subcontractor, residential builder, you know, we can talk about cleanliness. We can talk about quality. We can talk about communication. And that's all shown in our images and drone shots and you know, the stories, right? So that's what you're alluding to is every company should have some three or four data points that they want to focus on and then make sure that all their content matches that. And I, and to, I think Brad too, that there may be a homeowner that hasn't seen that online. And so have it packaged in a way that it's included in your, in your meeting, you know, and you can say, look, these are the areas that we are very passionate about. And one is site cleanliness. You know, if you hire us, you're not going to find a two before across a doorway. Like we're going to clean up after every evening or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's something else that is, you know, <laughs> one of your key um, virtues or whatever. But bringing that out and letting them know up front, these are things we're passionate about. If you hire us, you're going to get experience that. Yeah. So whether they're I mean, it's to your point, you want to be everywhere, right? So whether you're on social media doing it, whether you have a pre-construction packet you're handing them, or whether you just have bullet points as you're sitting there in the interview and you want to make sure you touch upon those key factors of, you know, showing your values, right, to the the end user. So what are other things companies should be doing, Martin? I mean, you know, you spend, you, you know, with all the marketing you do and you work with so many different companies and, you know, what are some other things people should be doing or leveraging to help their business grow? One thing that we talked about was the different factors that help Google rank your site. One is reputation and that's reviews. Another is authority. So how can Google determine if you're an authority in this space? One of the main ways they do that, and this goes clear back to the beginning, you know, the early stages of the Google search engine is through how many links are pointed to this website or to this person. But when spammers figured out, we can just start adding links and getting links from, we can build websites and then make them link to this site to make it rank. Google said, we can't have that. We want real, authentic, high 
high authority links pointing to your site. So one thing that you could do is um, try to get high quality links from your community pointed to your website. Now, many builders, especially larger firms, are active in their communities, whether it's whether they do a contribution to some um, fundraiser or they get written up in some magazine, a local magazine. You know, those are all fun to post on social media, right? Because it's it's like, hey, look, you know, this was you know, we did this and it was fun, a great event. But are they giving you a link back to your website? They might not be. And so just asking them, saying, hey, look, we published that article um, in this local magazine. Would you mind if um, you just wrote a sentence on your website and, point, and made a link back to ours, you know, referencing that? Or I, some way asking for that link juice to come back because they're an authority in your city. Or if it's a local... A uh, fundraiser or a local, you know, um, nonprofit that you contributed to, rather than just that being nebulous information, try to make get link juice to come back, and that will help tell Google that this person is an authority in this city because there's these big websites pointing back to it. That's one thing, Brad. So that's interesting. So. To the authoritative role, you're saying whether it be you're donating to a charity or you've won a different award or been published is ensuring that all these different voices that are out there and platforms that are out there are still bouncing traffic back to your homepage, right? So it's helping your analytics or helping that their their network of people come find out who you are and, and hopefully click on that. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Because you can have a page, you can have a website with 100 pages of content, super good content written. And that, that, that um, website full of 100 pages says, I'm an authority on this subject. But what if no one's linking to you? No one's sharing your content. No one is saying through the web space, this this is a company on this you know authority on this subject. Google only, is only going to give you half of the attention. But if you have a website that has good content on it, and then you have these big boys in town saying it's kind of like influencer marketing, but it's it's an SEO version of it. You have the big boys pointing to your website saying you know go read this or check out this. That just tells Google you're an authority on the subject. It's pretty basic, really. That's fascinating. So outside of, so we've talked about reputation. We've talked about, you know, authority. And that's that makes more sense because when you were saying authority, that helps kind of put that in context. You know, what is there anything else that a company should be mindful of or doing? Or have you seen any social media platforms that would be more advantageous than any others? Well, for builders, I mean, Brad... I are you on Twitter? I mean, I not. I'm I not either. I have I, a Twitter have account. account. I've never used it ever. Yeah, you know, and I I still hear these people that I kind of that I respect, and they're like, you know, go follow me on Twitter, and I'm really. So, <laughs> I I don't really use Twitter, but for the builders in in my in our industry, our community that are wanting to you know do a little bit more this year. 
I'd recommend Instagram and um, Pinterest as first places for um, social media. And then Facebook and LinkedIn also. Facebook, I'm, I took it off my phone. I'm not really, you know, with, with, funny? with news be- that's coming up out about how, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I even trust them anymore. But I do have an account and I, I look at Facebook on my computer at work. But, and, and I like their marketplace. It's like Craigslist and I really like that. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I don't want to discourage anyone from building your, um, business page i think that there still is value in that so build your business page get reviews on it because people still use it they still use facebook they're going there and they're answering you know you, you can get the direct messages through facebook still so that's good but as far as branding i'm leaning towards instagram pinterest and linkedin well, it's fascinating because and we don't want to be disparaging or like putting brands down because the thing with Facebook and they still have the biggest user, you know, right. portfolio of any platform far and away. But but the issue, at least the feedback I continually hear from our clients and everyone else is that with Facebook, you know, there's so much political, there's so much other things that people just get worn out. Right. Whereas you go on Instagram and you don't or LinkedIn or Pinterest, and you're not seeing that as much, especially if you're kind of staying in your realm, right? You're not getting inundated with (laughs) all all that news cycle that we don't want to just see regularly, right? Well, Brad, also each of those platforms, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Instagram have a different feel, a different different purpose for marketing there. Yeah. A different what? Homepage. Like it's just a la- the landing page is different. It looks different even on your phone as they're scrolling through. But I, it's funny you say Pinterest because I've seen designers, I've seen builders, bloggers find tremendous success on Pinterest. You know, huge followings because Pinterest is pretty easy where you could have hundreds of thousands of people viewing your profile regularly. And it's pretty easy, to, you know, much easier to do on Pinterest than some of the others. Well, and it's a powerful link back to your website, too. Because you can tag – and, and talk about that because we didn't even touch on that. But but everyone on their website has pictures. They have images, and they should be pinning Pinterest. You know, Every one of those images should be pinning to their Pinterest account, right? Because everyone that goes on Pinterest now pins it to your Instagram, pins it to your website. Yeah, but my – I mean I say don't neglect your website for these things. That's what happens a lot of time is it's, it's, I think it's funner. It's, I don't know if it's easier, but to pin it and to post it, but not put it on the website. It's just as important to have it on your gallery, on your website, because that's your home base again. You own it. You control it. You don't own Pinterest or Instagram. Well, it's funny. And I've seen even for LinkedIn, it's been super advantageous for us where I've, you know, Shockingly, we've built subcontractor base. You know, a lot of people I say, well, where do you find good subs? Where do you find good labor? And, you know, you find that the people that are on LinkedIn are ones that are professionals that want to build their brand. And we've actually built that network. You know, a lot of people reach out to us, whether they be plumbers or drywallers through LinkedIn, which is kind of shocking. You know, that's another avenue to look at just building your your network. Right. It's not maybe the homeowner as much, is it? 
Well, is it, it is too. Well, it's it's just different. I think it's just you know I don't find subs through Pinterest, right? I'm not mm-hmm. finding subs through um, Facebook. I mean, but I am through Instagram and LinkedIn. But I'm also finding clients through LinkedIn and Instagram, right? So uh, I, I think there are different users, different applications, and so everyone should be using all of them to some extent, um, just to continue that reach that you've spoken about so many times. Hey, Brad, I want to jump back to branding real quick about one thing, and that is I believe it's very important for a business to know who their ideal customer is. That's one of the hardest things for a new business owner to identify and even an old business owner. But it's so important to take the time, think back, who have my best clients been and how can I replicate that in the future? And what do I really enjoy and doing the most and what am I good at and try to put that into a persona like this is my ideal customer. You know, you can name them if you want or whatever, but this is the type of work that I am looking for. Then when you're doing your marketing, your posting and your branding, keep that always in mind so that you're speaking to that person. Because then when they see it, bells are going to ring and they're like, this guy's talking to me. You know what I mean? I think that's so important. Oh, that, that is tremendous advice because you're not trying to be everything to everyone. You're trying to specialize in one, two to five different things that you're good at and look at project history, whether it be personality or net worth or clients or projects or, you know, that fit your capability. That's that's super good advice. And then cater all your marketing to seek that like-minded group. So, Martin, what's interesting, so, I, you know, as we bring this to a close, you, you know, for anyone that follows you, um, and I'll put a plug in here for you, even though you didn't ask for that, is Protractor Media, right? So you've been super successful building um, companies as they've built their brands and you've helped them with their website. And for anyone listening, you know, Martin does all of our website. Like this has been an ongoing relationship for a few, few years now that you've been doing a lot of work for. So tell us your story because you – Grew up in construction. So what changed that mentality to get into marketing? I did. I My dad is to this day still a contractor, um, and he has been all his life. His dad was a, a home builder, and he built a lot of track homes um, and also just custom homes too. And my uncle uh, was a contractor. I, have, I grew up in it. One of the first things I wanted was a wood shop. And so my dad got some tools and I, I really enjoyed woodworking, but I also really liked computers. I remember as a teenager thinking or considering going into some sort of computing type industry, but I didn't pursue a college degree. I got, you know, busy working and, um, and then we made a move. So I'm from Ohio. We made a move out West and, I went through a series of jobs and then I found out, I mean, I I found myself back in construction. I started my own remodeling company and it went really well. I, I actually, I was surprised how much I enjoyed doing it because I didn't think I would, but I, I did. I'm like, man, I enjoy this. I enjoy helping homeowners realize their dream, you know, and I enjoy the business side of it. But at the same time, I had this dream going on of being a missionary. So we moved overseas, lived in Thailand for three and a half years. And then my health, my um, health began to fail. So we decided, okay, we better move back to the States, take a break and 
then I start thinking, what am I going to do for work? If I go back into construction, which I really like, we're tied down to that city. And um, I, I really want to do more travel in the future. While we were overseas, I had learned marketing. I'd learned how to build websites and how to um, do blogging for the purpose of attracting uh, the right customers to you. So I had this this basic information or this um, foundation. Knowledge, yeah. And then I'm like, I, that's what I want to do. So I start when we moved back to the States, I started a business uh, locally helping local businesses with their websites. And it was, you know how it is when you're trying to be all things to all people. You're a new kid in town. It's hard to, it's hard to, you know, get it going. So for a few years, I just kind of struggled. And then um, the local home builders association asked me to speak to their people and help them with marketing. And I'm like, yes, you know, I love construction and I love marketing. This will be fun. And that was 2016. And that's the year that I wrote contractor marketing simplified. And it just, it changed my, my trajectory. I was like, or trajectory, I guess it is. I, um, I decided I love construction. This is how I can still be in that industry, but I also want to grow a business that is based on the internet. So let's put those two together. And I spent that year writing that book. That's when you and I met on Instagram. Um, and I, you know, I still remember those days and appreciate how, you know, you supported me and what I was doing. Launched that book. Then that fall, I started the Protractor podcast just to interview contractors and get to know them better and hear their stories and help. What I really wanted to do was inspire other contractors, help them um, keep going another day, you know, by hearing stories. And then the following year, I'm like, you know what? I really want to focus our website business on contractors. So that's why I started Protractor Media. And that's all we do is I don't take on other clients outside the industry. We just we've packaged it down to where we can get the cost down because we're very refined and um, targeted. So we help contractors with their website. That's our primary service. And then we do some of these SEO factors we were talking about to help them. But the main thing I've seen is contractors need help just simply building a good looking website and then maintaining it. So. Well, that's an incredible story, Martin. It's, it's, it's amazing how you've taken that knowledge and understanding. And I think that's really helped for us because you have such a good knowledge of construction that now when you apply it to the marketing side, you know, you know, the industry. So it makes it, uh, it makes it super easy as we are, you know, communicate through things that we need. So for all those listening, I mean, we can't thank you enough, Martin, for coming on and sharing just this incredible information about branding and SEO and websites. And there's just a lot of notes I have here that we'll be applying even more. Um, so where can our listeners find you? So protractormedia.com is our business homepage. Um, there's some free information on there. I have a little masterclass on there that people can watch and learn more about marketing. And then Protractor Podcast is another um, place to listen to contractors tell their stories and stuff they've learned throughout the years. I know you've been on a few times. I've really appreciated that. And you always have something great um, to help, you know, our listeners, but that those two places would be a good place. Oh, and I'm on Instagram too, you know, 
Well, we'll make sure we tag you in all the uh, posts that we do. So those will be out there. And, and again, Martin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Brad. It's so fun to see you again. Take care. Yeah, we'll see you next week in Vegas. Yes, sounds great. A big thanks to Martin for joining us on the AFT podcast today. And next week, we are excited to present Brian Welker, who's president of Sunridge Properties. And Brian is an expert in the hotel industry. So his firm has built well over 30 hotels um, throughout the Western US. Uh, They do a lot of Marriott brands as of late. So it's very exciting as we talk about the hotel industry, construction, FF&E, as well as what goes into development and feasibility studies. So definitely stay tuned for next week.